Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to Crunch Time. Zito Power Tools. German design quality and innovation powering DIYers. All day, every day. Visit Berwick GWM Havel and test drive the GWM Canon CC. Part of the Berwick Motor Group. Welcome back to Sunday Crunch Time. We are at the MCG as we build up towards today's blockbuster, or at least we're hoping it will be, between Collingwood and Adelaide. And in terms of looking forward, we're going to use this segment, Scotty, to look forward with Cal to the draft. It's what, about four and a half months away, Cal? But this is when you start to do your real DD. (laughs) And I think even if you've had your head buried in the sand, people out there have heard of the name Harley Reid. Just... How good is this kid? And is he a once-in-a-generation kind of talent? I think he is. And the hype has been at incredible levels, and there's different factors for that. I think the increase in social media over the past few years has certainly meant that uh, boys are coming through with profiles that they probably wouldn't have had in other other years. But, look, it's justified in a lot of ways as well for Harley Reid because last year he was an All-Australian at under-18 level playing for Vic Country. Last year he did that off half-back for the most part of that carnival. This year, he's been playing through the midfield. He's a 185-centimetre player, about 85 kilos. He has some strength to him as well. He loves what we've dubbed the EFO, the What's effective that? fend-off. <laughs> he's, he is an EFO specialist. <laughs> <laughs> he goes out of his way to, to fend off. And, hey, look, there's nothing what are, you, are you campaigning with champion data to get that added into the stats? I actually am. And, because I, and put a patent <laughs> on it, Cal? Absolutely. Because I think it does change a game, an effective fend off oh. can open things up and and right. you know break break the the team defense but anyway that's mm. the topic how for many another ranking day. points would you get for an EFO? <laughs> you reckon yeah. a few a few <laughs> can, he 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 has had claims on number one for more than 12 months though and, yeah. and that's well justified yeah, no, no, as well he's been a lock for that certainly since last september when he played that game against vic metro yep do you think, though, in the rankings in the last two weeks that the gap between one and two has closed? Yes, I do. And I think if it was an open pool and Jed Walter was yeah. available to all clubs, then the race would be on. It because would, he's a yeah. 196-centimetre key forward who can physically impose himself on games. He's dominated for the Allies in the early part of the championships, which is on at the moment. We're halfway through the under-18 championships. He's a player from Gold Coast's academy. So they'll get first dibs on him at the end of the season. And... He's so exciting. He was an All-Australian last year as well as a, as a bottom major. So he's got some runs on the board. And if it was an open pool, let's say you just forget about the fact that he's tied to anyone. Yeah. There's every chance clubs would be taking the key yeah, forward. I reckon not five or six clubs, I reckon, would yeah. for, for purely need. Yeah. Which, is, which is not a reflection on Harley, is it? It's more of a reflection of how Jed Walters continued to build and the way that he's gone about it. I don't think I've seen as physical a key forward come through. I haven't seen a key forward who likes to chase and tackle as much as and him. hit and jump and hit bodies like him. And the other part of this as well is that Harley hasn't played for about six weeks. Yeah. So last week was his first game back um, after about six weeks out with concussion, which he suffered for the AFL Academy game in early May. He played last week for Vic Country about this time 
uh, down at Icon Park on Sunday and had three goals in the opening 10 minutes and mm. was a buzz. I think he sort of ran out a little bit of puff, as did Vic Country after that in his first game back. He'll play today for the Bendigo Pioneers. And, look, he'll be playing through the midfield. The type of player I see him has... I know it's easy to throw around the Dustin Martin, but yeah, there's a little bit of Dustin oh. in the way he plays, a little bit of Jordan Degoe in the way he plays, a little bit of Christian Petrarca in there. You get the feeling of More the type of bit. player. More yeah. than a bit. You're quite right. And sometimes we're... Crit- but all we can do is tell you how they shape up and who they look like, isn't it? It's not worth... No one's ever saying he's going to be that player. Correct. But if you want to look and see what you're getting, he's the type. And I thought last week, Cal, dominant start, they left him to get cold in the forward line for two quarters because South Australia were dominant. And then when he went onto the ball in that last quarter and a bit, he immediately had an impact again, didn't he? So you could see it was all there. It's just that he was short of a gallop and they probably just managed his minutes a fair bit. He's high impact player. He's not going to be your, your Will Ashcroft type who gets 35 disposals and Nick Dacos who gets 35 disposals. Although I also think that Dacos's touches are probably another level above the Ashcroft level of, of impact from a ball use point of view. But... Uh, he's a guy who could get 22 and kick two goals. He's got that Jake Stringer capability as well to turn a game in a couple of moments and that special capability. So yeah. he, he's got so much potential and there's there's a reason that clubs are willing to offer a lot of picks to get up to that pick. He's also the reason why you're very welcome to just stay at number one and draft him as well. So inevitably his name is being linked at the moment to West Coast who are going to have that first selection. Mm. What do you see transpiring there? One would he be a flight risk if he went to WA? Two, are the Eagles going to keep that pick? And three, how many clubs are trying to get their hands on the number one pick? Well, he's from Tongala, which is about an hour or two out of um, Echuca as is, and, and Bendigo there. So, look, he's had to travel a lot this year, and that's another challenge that will mean that once he gets into an AFL program, we'll see him really you know, firm up as a, as a professional, I think. So... Uh, he knows he's moving regardless of where he's going. We had him on Gettable earlier this year and asked him the question about moving. And look, he's he's pretty family oriented, but you know, also believing and knowing that you go into a draft and understand that you get picked where you picked, and that's something that comes with it. But there is going to be a lot of interest in number one. There's no doubt about that. And there's clubs with multiple picks that can make a play for it. I, I'm keen to get your thoughts. If Walter was a WA kid, I reckon they'd trade pick one in a heartbeat and get a big a bounty I reckon for West Coast it's really important on the assumption they finish bottom of how well the West Australian kids go in the champs if they felt that there was a couple that were top 7-8 and legit top 7-8 not elevated in rankings because of where they live they might look at it but other than that you've got to take the best available and back your system in my thought that is what do you think in that regard? The funny part about that is that Walter actually spent some time growing up in WA yeah. as a kid yeah. and he's a West Coast supporter. <laughs> you'd, shed, you'd shed a tear, wouldn't you? If you, were, you would. But that's the same with a lot of the Gold Coast Academy kids. Their roots are, are football state-based, SAWA Victoria. But, we can, but good luck to the Gold Coast. Yeah. I think that's good for the game. And it's good to see them getting three at once yeah. as well and Jake Rogers and Ethan Reid coming through too and, and set up their next wave. But... Yeah, I think if you're moving back from pick one, you want to have a pick inside the first five or six because you want to know exactly what you're going to get. And then after that, you might want one inside the first 12 and then something else as well beyond that. So the player who the WA clubs and people would look at as the best player in Western Australia is Daniel Curtin, yep. who yesterday played, played through the midfield, actually, for the under-18 side. He's 195 centimetres. The week before, he'd played on Jed Walter 
at state level as a key defender. He's played key forward as well this season. But he's someone who could be around that mark. Yeah. Could be the Matthew Pavlich type of player through yeah. the midfield, potentially that sort of versatility. So mm. he's got that capability. But he's the one that if you're going to move back from a WA point of view, you'd want to do it, which they did last year, of course. They moved back from two to pick eight and pick 12. They got Jimby yeah. and Hewitt. So clubs talk about cliffs. And by that, I mean they see two or three players that if they get one of them, they're really happy. Then they might have a cluster of four, then five. So, And if they lose, they're happy to trade out yep. because they see a, a group of players that they can't split effectively. How do you see the cliff at this initial stage looking in that top six, seven, eight picks, Cal? I think it's around the first eight or nine this yep. year. Uh, so we've got Harley Reid in there, Nick Watson, Zane Dersmer, the two Tasmanian boys in Colby McKercher and Riley Sanders. Yep. You throw in Jed Walter and Ethan Reid from an academy perspective. Let's forget their ties for a mm-hmm. second. I think they're in there. Nate Caddy, who's obviously the uh, the cousin of – or nephew, sorry, of Josh, Josh. former uh, premiership player at the Tigers. So, uh, and Daniel Curtin as well. So what have we got there? About eight or nine. I think that's where you probably see other variances in, in opinion beyond that group. Maybe Conor O'Sullivan's in there. Maybe Jordan Croft, the father-son from the Western Bulldogs. Maybe he's in there. Maybe Mitch Edwards, the ruckman from WA as well. Maybe he's around that mark. Maybe Will McCabe, the father-son for the Hawthorne Footy Club. Maybe he's around that point too. But there's probably a few more maybes in that period of the draft, whereas I think the first eight or nine are pretty consistently viewed around who that group is. It's just a matter of ranking them exactly where. And Nick Watson's a very unique player, 170 centimetres. I watched him play on Friday. I've never had more fun watching a draft day than watching Nick Watson this year. Um, he's He's a funny one. To say head scratcher is not to be disparaging, but clubs will find it a challenge in a sense or because of the size, won't they? Where they put him because he's an excellent mark for his size and does that translate to AFL level because of the height? Plenty more to come on Sunday Crunch Time. Steel Sidebottom, our guest in the second hour.